BMW. The 77%. Hello and a very warm welcome to this week's edition of The 77%, a show that gives you the chance to be a part of the debate shaping the African continent. I am your host, Wanjiko Maura, here in Bonn, Germany. And in this show, I will also be joined by Maxwell Souk in Ghana and Wake Simon Wudu in South Sudan. And of course, you, our lovely community from the comment section of our Facebook page, DW Africa. <laughs> Our focus today is, why are so many young people calling for secession in Africa? Maxwell Souk will be having a lively debate with some West African youth that want secession. Why? They made us, we from the eastern part of so-called Nigeria, are now shipping or clearing our goods in Lagos. When you clear it, you pay more than the amount you pay the ship to take a truck and bring it down to our place. Stick around for that. And so many people from Cameroon, Nigeria, Zambia and many other countries across the continent commented on this topic and I'll be sharing their say on the show as well. Now, remember, you're not too late to join our debates. You can contribute through our Facebook page, DW Africa, because every week we have another hot topic. Make sure you don't miss out on that. Nine years after South Sudan voted for separation from Sudan and became an independent state, hopes for a better life have been shattered. Years after the secession, the country has been characterized by a struggling economy, armed conflict and instability that has displaced thousands of its citizens to neighboring countries as refugees. Here is Wake Simon Wudu reporting from Juba about the current situation. Thus, we are all relations of thousands of South Sudanese at Dr. John Garang Moselio moments when the flag of the new nation, South Sudan, was hoisted and the Sudanese flag lowered down on July 9, 2011, in the capital, Juba. It was the declaration of the country's independence from Sudan with the people rejoicing and dropping tears of joy. It was a new dawn. To many, this declaration marked an end to decades of marginalization of South Sudanese by the Sudanese government of ousted President Omar Hashan al-Bashir. 99.57% of South Sudanese at the time voted for separation from Sudan as an effort to get rid of an oppressive system of governance in Sudan. 25 years old unemployed youth, Melin Isaac Demir, explains why he voted for separation. Well, I had so many hopes. 
And one of these is that I hope for change in the separation that South Sudan itself, if it is broken from uh, Sudan, as before it was one, we will have you know freedom of expression, and we will have in fact even more more investors coming in, and the youth will have you know abilities to do their skills in different duties that they are assigned to do. Isaac's hopes for a better South Sudan got started a few years later after the country's independence. Corruption, incession conflict, and a broken economy characterized the attempts to fix things as a country. Despite the challenges, his hopes for a better South Sudan still remain. The government should at least, you know, try out their best and put us in a way that we are valued in our country. We have also rights in, in our country. As much as we do, we find out that we are just looked at as nobody else. After the separation, you find out that our top leaders turn their back towards the youth. So why can't they turn their face back to us and see the capabilities that the youths are having. Another 29-year-old South Sudanese youth, Swaran Nelson, just like Isaac, voted for separation. To Nelson, his vote meant liberation from abuse of rights of various freedoms, including being a second-class citizen, which claimed the lives of many heroes and heroines. Nelson's vote was expected to put an end to right abuses, practiced by then then Khartoum government on South Sudanese, where over two million people were killed. But Nelson is today unhappy that his vote turned into something else. The system of governance that we really needed in place has not been put. All the institutional reforms that we were advocating for, that they were in the Khartoum-based government, and we don't want them to see that in South Sudan is still existing. We see the constitution being tempered with based on the interests of who is holding power. Amendments are being based on the interests of whoever is holding power. Frustrated, Nelson and many other young people in South Sudan still remain hopeful things may change if the country's leaders listen to voices of change and make way for peace. DW's Owake Simon will do reporting from Juba. Thank you, Simon, for that report. Now, remember, this is the show where young people come together and discuss issues, enjoy entertainment, and exchange ideas. This is the 77% show. Some of you are already reacting on our Facebook page, DW Africa. I see you, R.C. Williams from Imo in Nigeria, who says the leaders of Southern Sudan disappointed the entire world by not living up to expectations. They make things more complicated and difficult for those of us clamoring for freedom in Africa. But Biafra will never disappoint. We also have Awal Aliu Barao from Kaduna in Nigeria, who says those who always think of separation as the answer to their problems should learn a lesson from the South Sudanese separation. From the economic perspective, it is better to stay united and address their problems. And one from Modesto uh, Kamaralave living in Kampala, he says there are no South Sudanese regretting separating from Sudan. In fact, we are better off now than when we were being enslaved by the Arab minority 
in the north. Our problem now in South Sudan is leadership and corruption from some politicians, but we are hopeful that we shall overcome all of this. Now, one quick last one from Chukwuma Andrew, who says the driving forces for the agitation for independence are as follows. Number one, cultural and traditional differences. Number two, tribalism and nepotism in government that favors the ruling party at the extent of other constituting tribes, and number three, colonial injustice that tends to favor the northern part against the southern parts. He is referring to Nigeria. And with Andrew's comment talking about the reasons why people are asking for their independence, we get right into this week's debate live from Ghana. It is my pleasure to welcome you, Maxwell Suk. Many thanks, Wanjuku. We are airborne from Tamale, Northern Ghana, where this week's debate is reaching you from. We are looking at the wave of successionist moves in Africa and what is driving it. To further put the discussion in context for our listeners, there are those who want to see an independent Western Togoland emerge from Ghana, those who want a Republic of Amazonia to emerge from Cameroon, and those who want to see a Republic of Biafra re-emerge from Nigeria. Let me emphasize that for the purpose of this discussion, we have to conceal the identities of the panel. But just a brief, we have a social analyst among us. A teacher by profession is also here to analyze the issue. A member of the Western Tegulandes and also a Nigerian resident in Ghana who is backing the BFR move. Why are you asking to be independent from your unitary states? First, Mr. BFR, let me call you that way. Simple put, we want to go back how we were before the white man. Because before the white man, we are Biafran. You can Google it, you will find it there. And secondly, there was an amalgamation which they are claiming that our people signed into. That amalgamation, nobody signed into it. It was a, it was a scam, and we, the, the new generation, do not abide by that amalgamation. So therefore, we want to go back how we were before the white man came. Simple. How did you become part of Nigeria then? It was by force. It was by force. And secondly, it is a scam because nobody signed to it. We only get up and find ourselves in Nigeria. And they are forcing us to be. And forcing us to do what they want us to do. I will come back to you later on, but let me get back to Western Togolanda. What is making you to ask for independence from Ghana? There is a lot that makes us to ask for independence for ourselves. Because when you look at the cut-off part of the Western Togoland, I think we are lacking so many things at that site. We lack infrastructures, nothing like development is over there. Let me continue this discussion by engaging the other panelists. Uh, social analyst, let me ask you, what do you make about the reasons they adduced? Their reasons are valid, they are genuine. We have to respect their concerns. I think that uh, in as much as modern states wants to remain unitary, they have obligations to ensure that those states are much more inclusive. 
include diverse opinions, diverse identities, religious, ethnic, geographies, and they have an obligation to also ensure that the resources of the states are equitably distributed. This discussion is about the youth of Africa because uh, the youth make up the largest population in the continent. In this quest to become independent from their unitary states, how would that cater for the needs of the youth? Of course, all of them are citing matters of uh, lack of jobs for young people, lack of social amenities, lack of equitable distribution of the national cake by way of development projects and all that. As I said, these are legitimate concerns. But the causal mechanism of the solution that they are seeking to achieve with succession might just be an illusion. That is my fear, because if you look, there, there are a lot of scenarios. Even Ghana, there have been instances where several regions have argued for their own regions because they feel that the regions they are part, there is some kind of discrimination, marginalization, and all that. They have you know, taken up their own regions. They have been given their own regions. But that hasn't solved the economic realities of the people. Let me get to the social studies teacher. What do you think about their reason? I think they are valid. Because they feel like, oh, they have been sidelined. Now that they have joined the, both Ghana and Nigeria, they have been sidelined. Their cultural identity has not been in display as they want it to be. And the kind of resources that they demand, they wish to have, the kind of jobs, and, and in fact, the prestige that they want and political representation that they want, they thought that, no, they are not getting it. That is why they are seeking for this separation. But I think that they should rather focus more on how to get their people into doing viable things that will, will help to develop even their territories. The social analyst made a point that it is not about breaking away. We put Northern Ghana into context. It was once one region, but they've divided it into five. And if you go back to these areas, you know, nothing has changed. The poverty indices are increasing. What do you make about that session? Yes, it's true that if you take Upper West, for instance, currently they have a university on their own. They have hospitals. They have good roads in their towns. They have. But if you take the Western Togoland, for instance, at least one should have expected that there should be facilities that will make them feel comfortable. Though even if they were not even in their own region or in their own country. I see that the social analyst is raising his hands. What do you have to counter? Yes, who accounts for that unequitable distribution of the national cake? At all points in time, the politicians does that. They decide who gets what. Ghana over the past 60 years of its independence. And if you look at the period that we have been in a stable democracy, the single person who has ruled this country for the longest in our fourth republic is from Western Togoland. He had 100% chance to bring all the development that Western Togolanders need. So where is the discrimination? I come to you, Biaframan. What do you make about you know, the argument? I think the argument here is genuine. In fact, I will tell you that discrimination and uh, what have you is there. For example, we have about two seaports or three seaports working in our place. But because of discrimination, they closed it down. They made us we from the eastern part of so-called Nigeria are now shipping or clearing our goods in Lagos. When you clear it, you pay more than the amount you pay the ship to take a truck and bring it down to our place. 
Number two, no international airport in our place from many, many years till now. Even the one that we first and they make international airports, when you take off from there, you have to land in Lagos before you continue. It's not international. You have to take off from there and you land in Ghana before you continue. It's not international. Apart from that, no running water, no good school. I dropped out of school. I'm not ashamed to say it. But I know the reason why I dropped out. Many of our people here in Tamale are graduates, but they end up selling papers and other stuff. So why are we here? Cut off mark in jam examination. Our place is 300, sometimes 250. But in Kano, in Sokoto, it's two. Two. Then he will get, the person will get federal university to attend. But we, you write up to 300, you will not get school. Well, maybe uh, our social media followers who are following this discussion, they may be able to cross-check or be able to tell whether what you're saying is really true or not. But before that, uh, do you feel that the youth have been left out? Yes, of course. That is why in this generation, the youth are leading this campaign, led by Mazi Namdekan, that we want to be free. When we are free, our road will be tied. When we are free, the airport will get it. When we are free, the seaport will get it. The business, the school, we can, our children can attend school. Our young men can attend school. We'll do all manner of things we're supposed to do as people. Why are we being labeled as something, maybe committing an, an offense or a terrorism or whatever? Scotland is asking for independence. Is British government telling them that what they're saying is not true? He granted them that opportunity. We're only asking for a referendum. And British government granted them an opportunity for a referendum. They went and they fell and they're demanding for another one. Well, that is so much. You have had a lot of diverse opinion in this issue. And many thanks to all of you for participating in this debate, which came to you from Tamale, Northern Ghana. My name is Maxwell Souk. Back to you, Wanjiku. Wow, some strong sentiments there from our panelists who prefer to remain anonymous for this debate. They are young people who are strongly agitating for the separation or, as you've had, unification of their countries. Yeah. Now, we've had hundreds of people debating this topic on our Facebook page. And now is a chance to quickly have a look at some of them. Kwadwo Darko says Western Togoland will never come on because those at Northern Ghana do not accept it. We also have another comment here from Muyindawa Munukayumbwa from Barotsaland. He says it's not just in West Africa. Barotsaland needs independence from Zambia. We have suffered enough maimed, arbitrary arrests and been imprisoned by Zambian authorities. Now, in case you're wondering where on Africa is Barotsaland. It is a kingdom between Namibia, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Zambia, and Angola. Sadly, this is all we've time for in the show. I would love to hear from you, though. You can get in touch through our Facebook page, DW Africa, where the conversation never dies. If you wish to have a particular story featured, just write us at the 77% at DW.com. Oh. 
But you know, I wouldn't leave you empty-handed. So here's a beautiful song for you. Now, on behalf of Maxwell Souk, Wake Simon Wudu, Eliana Giaducci, you with your comments, and the entire crew that made this show a success, my name is Wenji Komwaura. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs> Sagusi.